0: Marvelicious Toys is brought to you in part by Big Bad Toy Store where you can pre-order the newest waves of Hasbro Marvel Universe, Marvel Legends and Marvel movie action figures with foreign toys high-end statues, prop replicas hot toys and more Big Bad Toy Store is the first stop for Marvel collectors plus check out their other great toys and collectibles and use their pile of loot to save on shipping find it all at BigBadToyStore.com Welcome to Marvelicious Toys, coming to you from San Diego Comic Con International. Hosted by Justin and his amazing friends, Arnie and Marjorie. Be sure to come to MarveliciousToys.com, where you can see hundreds of pictures of items shown on the convention floor and join in the forum conversation with other listeners.
1: Hello, Marvelicious Toys listeners. This is Arnie, your co-host of Marvelicious Toys, bringing you our continuing coverage of San Diego Comic-Con International 2013. We won't be joined by Justin and Marjorie today. Instead, what we are doing is bringing you the Marvelicious panels of Comic-Con. Later this episode, we're going to have the entire Hasbro presentation where they revealed the changes to their lineup, their upcoming Marvel three-and-three-quarter movie and Legends figures, and so much more. But speaking of movies, to get us started, there were a couple of press conferences in addition to the Hall H panels for the Marvel movies, Captain America, and Guardians of the Galaxy. And since it's the movies that bring so many people into the collecting, we thought we'd share those with you first. So first up, here is the presentation for Captain America to The Winter Soldier.
0: We just need to go straight across
1: the stage. Please welcome director Joe Russo.
2: Emily Van Camp.
3: Anthony Mackey.
0: Scarlett Johansson. Chris Evans,
3: <laughs> Sam Jackson, oh, good Samuel L. Jackson, Very
4: good. oh yeah, I'm sure they play the footage a
3: lot. Kobe Smolders, that for me. Frank Grillo, old oh, oh, school okay. kid. Sebastian
0: Stan. And director Anthony Russo. This is fun.
3: Wow.
4: Oh. No.
5: That's how I want it to be. That guy plays Tetris. Let's get the first question right here, right here. Mike. Chris,
0: why
3: do you do that with <laughs> the mic? Close your mouth, okay.
6: Somebody has to have a question.
4: I have a question no for you questions. guys.
6: How many of you guys
7: saw the uh, clip in the big room? Uh, wait a minute.
6: I know. I know one person did. He's never been here before. Now, I've never been here, so I'm like, yay. What'd you think of it? Kick ass. kick ass. Done. Cut the check. Thank you guys for coming. No, no, no. She was saying she'd rather see kick ass. <laughs> Hey guys,
2: uh, Mark, Walters of, <laughs> Mark Walters of BigFanboy.com, thanks for coming to Comic-Con, and uh, I know this is not the first time for some of you, but uh, great to have you here. Can you tell us like how this Captain America film uh, sets itself apart from the first Captain America film, and, and especially with the experiences of the Avengers leading into it, what sort of things we're going to see
6: that maybe the audience may not be expecting? That's on the talking point
8: list of things we can't tell you.
4: You know, I think the, uh, excuse me. the movie uh, is very different in tone from the first film. The first film is sort of a wonderful love letter to the origin of Cap and to the time period. Uh, Cap is now in the modern world. The, the movie is a political thriller. Uh, in, in order to be germane to that tone, uh, we, you know, we wanted the movie to be as modern and as edgy and uh, 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 sort of aggressive as it could be. Because uh, you, uh, you can't have thrills in a thriller unless the characters have real stakes and real jeopardy. So, uh, you know, Cap gets put through a lot in this film and, uh, you know, it's, it's action uh, heavy. It's very intense movie. Yeah.
1: Okay, all the way over there on the left. <laughs> um, hi. Um, I would like to ask uh, to Chris and to Scarlett about the involvement of Black Widow in this movie because it seems, uh, especially for the character of Scarlett that and for Chris Evans, wow. that they are worked separate, sometimes working for a team. And now you have to become a new team for, for this movie. So how was working as a team? Of course, there is a script, but how was working?
9: You mean how, how did we enjoy working together?
1: Exactly. And, and you can tell you a little bit about the relationship... relationship Between, between the, the two characters? Exactly.
9: Um, well, when we find these two characters, I mean, we've really been working together. It's in, it's in real time, so it's been two years, and we're both agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, you know, Chris pointed out earlier, which I never really thought about, but the fact is we have you know, we're fighting on the ground, you know, it's not like we have these superpowers that we use and, and you know, fly around and, you know, so we're, we have a similar kind of, we have a shorthand between us. We fight in a similar style, um, you know, and, and it's very much a working relationship. Um, I think, you know, through a, a series of unfortunate events, um, they, you know, kind of find themselves in a situation where their kind of, their working relationship is is um, you know becomes a more kind of intimate friendship. Um, I think they have a, they're sort of have some unexpected similarities between them. Um, you know they have their guard up, they have their trust issues, and they also have both been working for you know the man for you know their their entire career, professional career. So they they really this is through this kind of unexpected friendship that forms, there's, you know, starting to question kind of what, you know, what they want and, and, you know, kind of start to kind of question their own identity. Um, So it's a complex relationship that forms between them. And I couldn't stand working with Chris. It's our fourth movie together. (laughs) Sorry. We've known each other for 10 years. It's it's our fourth movie together. So we we know each other very well. We go back.
5: Hi, how you doing? Dan
2: Deeby from the CinemaSource. Uh, question for Chris. I was wondering if you could talk about uh, Captain America is really the only remaining wholesome, apple pie, all-American superhero. I mean, we just saw Superman grunting and screaming his way through a movie because he has to be all angst-ridden. But Captain gets to be the classic hero. Could you, could you talk a little bit about
5: that? Sure. I mean, that, that's, you know, to be, you know, candid, uh, that, that's kind of the, the hurdle with Captain America is that... His nature is to put himself last. His nature is to, you know, take everyone else's conflict and put it on his back. And as a result, it makes it difficult to find an interesting film because most complex characters have flaws. Um, and, and Caps, you know, his, 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 he's a Boy Scout. Um, I think what's good about this movie is that, you know, with the first Captain America film, it was about giving him the opportunity to serve, the opportunity to, to, to be a soldier and then in, in Avengers you have so many other characters and all these establishments of relationships so you can't really dive too deeply into any individual character. In this movie it's about showing Cap, now given the opportunity to serve, given the ability to give of himself, the question now becomes well what's right? You know, I think he's so determined to be good, to be, uh, you know, to do what's right The conflict with at least modern society as opposed to the 40s is what is right? I think in the 40s it was very easy to say, well, Nazis are bad. We can all agree on that. Today, it's a little bit harder to know, well, where do you come, you know, who am I serving? And, 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 you know, with with modern technology and and the access, and this is pretty relevant today for all of us, you know, Mm -hmm. if, if where's the line? What are we willing to compromise in terms of civil liberties to ensure security? And I think that's where it gets blurry for Cap, knowing, well, what's the right thing to do? And I think that makes it an interesting conflict for him, because it's not about just doing the right thing, it's what is the right thing? Um, and, And I think we actually get to explore Cap struggling a little bit, because it's not black and white, it's gray. And I think that's where his relationship with Black Widow comes to fruition. That was a weird sound. I won't do that again. Um, the relationship with Black Widow is interesting because she's someone who's always had the ability to compromise her morals, and Cap you know, is real black and white. And I think as a result, I can't say too much, but something happens. Kid's got a potential whistleblowing future.
4: <laughs> um, Sam! <laughs> Take it easy.
5: Um, something happens, and as a result, these two people from different worlds... Need to rely on one another, and as a result, you have two people who, on the surface, may seem very different, find a lot of common ground and, and learn quite a bit from one another. That came out pretty well. Wow Chris) Uh,
0: you much mentioned relevant technology. It kind of goes along with, with my question here. Uh, in, in the first movie, your, the only reference you understood was flying monkeys. Um, in the sequel, has Captain America become you know, relevant with today's uh, trend and up to date with, with what's going on with sure, his world? Sure, sure. I,
5: I think you get a little tired if every joke is like, what's the Internet? You know, I mean, he's, you know he, he gets it, he gets it, he gets it. I mean, that's... The problem is he's not, he, he, he doesn't sling jokes. He's not sarcastic, so it's hard to find the humor unless the humor is self-deprecating. But you, you can't keep playing that one note of, I don't get it. What's going on in this modern world? You know, so it's, 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 I think we're past, you know, he's up to speed. He knows how things work. He has a cell phone. Um, so we're not just hitting that one note. We're trying to find humor other places. Thanks to Mackie in large part. He's really good. He's he's a funny guy. I disagree.
0: (laughs) He's right here in front.
9: Um, My question's for Sebastian. I was wanting to um, ask you about the return of your character into this universe and what kind of hurdles and issues led to where he is now and uh, how you came back to this role.
4: Well, I mean, in a sense, he's very similar to Steve Rogers, that he's another lost man in, in this new world. So, um, you know, as we know, the journey for, for him is that he's just discovering about his own identity and sort of his his role in, in, in this new world um, in his own way. So for me, it was just sort of... How was I going to tie that to what you've already seen in the first film and and still recognize the same person in the end. In the center.
10: This question is for Chris. Could you explain a little bit about the difficulties of trying to play Captain America for the third time, if there were any? Or what were your
0: challenges?
5: The difficulties. Um, I, I think the difficulties are just about trying to to meet the bar with which Marvel has set you know it's you have all these fantastic movies with fantastic people every time Marvel releases a movie it 's better than the last one, and you know you just want to make sure you 're not the weak link in the chain, I suppose you know you have all these really talented people coming together, and you just want to make sure you do your part right here in front again we 're trying to get to as many as you can and, uh, yeah. as and fast maybe? as we can.
4: Um, after being- very popular roles, but uh, very different than being around a superhero. And um, what do you feel, how do you feel about the transition from uh, those roles where from shy to powerful, but now uh, um, around superheroes, how do you feel and what was the preparation and transition? And um, you know, I've...
10: Well, I can't say too much about the character, but I, I, I mean, I think people have a certain idea of who I'm playing and, and what I'm meant to be playing, but I think they'll be surprised at how we introduce this character. And, um, you know, compared to other things that I've done, well, everything's been a little bit different to this. Uh, it was certainly um, a challenging experience an exciting experience. I had so much fun um, playing this part, but, you know, I can't say too much about how we introduce her because um, I guess you just have to go see the movie. <laughs> um, but it was a great experience
0: over here on the right
4: oh, yes. um, hi guys um, I'm loving the Marvel movie universe and well, it's so great to see um, more women being represented my, my question is to Scarlett, Emily, and Kobe um, how does it feel to represent more of a strong
6: female uh, presence in superhero movies and especially what you
9: think you guys will bring to this movie Lots of glamour. Glamour. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I think that uh, it's, it's most f- superheroine, female superhero, I don't know Where what's politically correct anymore. Um, films have, are simply not really good. They're just not well made. They fall back on this kind of like hair-flipping, posy kind of hands-on-hips thing. We do a little bit of that, of course. Um, but, you know, it's important that it looks good. But, um, you know, we, we, we... I've really had a great opportunity, and I think... Um, I, I mean, Joss really set the bar, I think, in, in Avengers to really um, sort of celebrate these uh, female characters that um, are usually kind of bookends or sort of ornaments um, in the film that kind of sell the sex appeal. And he really... You know, he was so, um, you know, he was so, um, he was such a pioneer, you know, in, in really fleshing out these, you know, certainly Black Widow and really making her um, a character that could get punched in the face and could deliver the blow and could, you know, and was a, an intelligent, um, complex, um, you know, really strong uh, female Female uh, character for, for this series, um, so it's been a, it's been a real pleasure for me to be able to play that kind, play those multi layers, and to to really be able to act and not just not just pose. I think um, you know our characters have uh, you know have a, have um, some real storylines here. We're not just the romantic interest, and uh, thank thank God for that. <laughs> you know, makes our job interesting, interesting to watch too. I think.
11: You're in the front
2: right.
9: You're more interested. What she said. Yeah. <laughs> what you said
2: yeah. Hi. Uh, my question is for Anthony and uh, for the Russos. Uh, I think we're all really excited to see the Falcon in a movie, finally, for all the obvious reasons. And uh, I'm wondering, though, with the cast this huge, how much Falcon are we going to see? And if possible, can we get more Falcon?
4: You uh, can't get enough Falcon. That's just the way it is. we can all agree stuff. on that. Anthony used to ask us that question every day. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> The, uh, well, there was about 5% of Falcon in the film, and then we cast Anthony Mackie, and now there's 95% of Falcon in there. Because I would just show up and walk in the scenes <laughs> full
7: wardrobe. Didn't care. No lines.
4: But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a character that's very personal to us. They're saying we've been collecting comics since we were kids, and one of the first books we ever bought was a Cap Falcon book. So uh, we have a real finiation for the character. You know, we can't tell you exactly how much he's in, but you know, he's uh, you know, Cap is uh, is looking for a friend uh, in the modern world. He sort of lost everyone and everything that he knew, and uh, you know, know, Falcon could be that guy. So, if that gives you any hint, Joshua with Spider-Man crawl space, is Captain America going to be ticked when he finds out that Coulson faked his death?
5: Oh man! I mean, is this like you know bleeding into the world of like Shield, the TV show? I, I I can't I can't address these questions. This is like this is where I panic. You know, Marvel is such a delicate animal. You with you have to be so careful with what you say. I don't know who else is Kevin here? <laughs>
7: He's not. No.
5: I, I can't I can't I don't know what to say about that. Good answer. So was that was that political enough? Right? <laughs> Cap doesn't know yet. Cap doesn't know.
6: There you go. There
7: you go. Now we'll know it's old You know,
6: time capsule footage. It's not. It's not Get an email. There was no Agent Coulson.
3: What's this email?
4: It's
3: an android.
6: <laughs> what are you? Android? android. There
3: are hundreds of them.
6: There are hundreds of them.
0: hanging
7: around in
3: the closet.
6: From, <laughs>
9: uh,
7: hello. Thank you all for coming. Uh, hello, Anthony uh, Mackey. Um, I think it's really great you're playing the Falcon. Uh, The Falcon is now on the Avengers roster, on Avengers Assemble, so don't you think it would be cool if the Falcon was also in the Avengers (laughs) too?
5: Did that answer your question? No, nah, I mean, look, from the beginning, when I first... When I, growing up, my brother was a huge comic book person, and he always showed me the comic books with Black Panther and uh, The Falcon. And when I heard about The Falcon, and I was given the opportunity to meet with the Russos, and we talked about it and what they wanted to do with the character, the reason it worked so well is the two of them have the ability to give dignity and substance to a character without making them heavy and hokey. And I think with The Falcon... What was so cool about the script where it is now and um, being able to work on it as an actor was having a three-dimensional real person that just happened to be a tactical expert that could fly. You know, So I think if the Falcon is added to the Avengers world,
3: what's up?
7: Uh, I'm, I'm looking for the opportunity to take down Iron Man. So I'll be the only flying Avenger. <laughs> No, he don't count. That, the hammer flies. He don't fly.
0: And I'm afraid this is going to be our last question in the center.
6: Yeah.
9: Oh, you guys are so uh, fun.
6: I better make it good then or I'm going to get lynched after this and they're yeah. going to kill me. So um, I want to let everybody know that you know, the first movie with the writing and the, the story is the most important thing of the film. And everybody on stage just brought life to all of the characters, and I know everybody's looking forward to the second film. And I'm just curious: Does anybody um, have any input? You know, when the writers are writing, and you you, you know you want them to continue the way you're telling, or I'm sorry, Downey has input into everything. We don't. We have no power.
0: It's
5: all about Bob. So. My question was, you know, are are you... My question was, how much input does Zownie have? No, fine.
6: All right, go ahead. What now? No, my question was, is everybody, you know, um, concerned about, you know, that everyone's going to like the second film as the first, or you know it's just as good, or, you know...
9: Are you asking That's not our
6: problem. Huh? (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: not our problem. That's somebody else's problem. Okay. Josh Josh has written it already. Mm -hmm. Check with him. I don't think we're concerned about whether it's going to be as
9: good as the first one. Aren't are we? <laughs> are you asking like what part of the development, like how much we're involved each actor in developing her characters in this film? Is that the question? No. Um. <laughs> in this film or
6: the Avengers film? No, the first film. No. The first film. The
5: first. The first Cap or the first the Avengers? First Cap film. The first Cap. We this weren't is in it. Were we were in This guy's weren't in the first Cap, bro. I screw, okay, I screwed up. I showed up on the last day of shooting,
0: didn't I? Yeah.
6: Uh, I was there for like like three hours, last day.
5: Yeah. Uh, you can get the DVD. It's pretty good.
11: <laughs> it's pretty good. It's a good, movie. It's a good movie, right? Way to end the press conference. On that milk, thanks, everybody. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Out, right, thank
4: you. Thank you.
1: Next up, Guardians of the Galaxy. It's a movie still somewhat shrouded in mystery, but we know Benicio Del Toro is playing the collector, and it's going to be the triumphant return of Thanos, teased at the end of The Avengers. Director James Gunn, Benicio Del Toro, Zoe Zaldana, and so many others attended San Diego Comic-Con. Here is their press conference. All right, we're
6: ready to get started for the for the press conference for Guardians of the Galaxy.
0: Please welcome director James Gunn. Benicio Del Toro.
9: Karen Gillan.
2: You get a special message right now from me. Chris Pratt. I'd like to give him a special message. Oh
0: my. Zoe Saldana. Dave Batista.
3: Lee
11: Pace. Jaimon Hansu. Michael Worker.
0: And Kevin Feige. Hey,
4: what's
0: up, If we can have everybody be seated, please. Where's our first question? Yeah. Hello. Right here.
2: Uh, hi, uh, my first question is for James. Uh, it's the elephant in the room, but I think we're all wondering, we've got a wonderful cast here, uh, is there any chance we might hear soon about Rocket Raccoon or Groot? That we might hear about Rocket Raccoon or Groot? Uh, soon, like casting, anytime soon? Pretty soon. Pretty soon? Pretty soon. Now-ish?
3: Not now-ish. <laughs> Tomorrow, <laughs> next week no. no. Next month-ish? I don't know, soon That's
2: Kevin. Kevin tells me what I can do and not do. Kevin. Perfect answer, James, perfect answer. <laughs>
9: The Kevin part? <laughs> right.
4: Over here on the right. What's the, uh, What's the basic uh, moral premise conflict of Guardians of the Galaxy?
2: Uh, <laughs> um... <laughs> Oh, man, that's a good question before I flew here from London, you know, for 12 hours. Uh, uh, But really, Guardians is about a family coming together, and it really is about a a group of individuals who have acted selfishly and only as individuals throughout their life and learning something about themselves that that makes them heroes.
0: Here on the left. Hi, Jasper with uh, NerdLocker.com. Chris, what was the extent of your training to get your body into the physical shape that it is now?
7: Oh man, it was it's, it like a, it was like a, a comp, about you know six months. Just got after it, combination of different things, um, uh, lifting weights, cardio, and and really strict nutrition. And so, I mean, it's like really boring stuff but uh basically i cried like 40 pounds off and the rest was being hungry
2: and uh running a lot he's being very disciplined his birthday was a couple of three weeks ago four weeks ago i happened to be there they brought out a tray of vegetables that spelled
6: happy birthday yeah
7: yeah and uh, if, if if there was one that was sharp i would have used it to cut my wrists <laughs> that's not you shouldn't make jokes about suicide though seriously you guys Um You're in the center right
2: James your previous films have more of an R-rated tone obviously uh, will you plan on keeping more of a darkly comedic tone throughout this film without wandering into the R-rating um I darkly comedic I don't think of it as darkly comedic you know I do think of it as me, I gotta say that. There's a lot of James Gunn in this movie, and it's a strange thing because when I turned in the first draft to Kevin and Marvel and and Joss, Um, And they read the first draft. They were all really happy, which made me happy. That was a really good day. Um, And their biggest note was more James Gunn, which freaked the hell out of me. Um, So I gave him more James Gunn, and that's what's in the movie. And I I think it's a really unique movie. But with every movie I do, I'm speaking to a certain part of myself, and I'm speaking to a certain audience. And with a movie like Super, I'm speaking to um, a, a really a specific person that that movie means a lot to, and I really appreciate everybody that loves that movie. When I'm doing a movie like Guardians, it really is for a much broader audience. It's for everybody. It's a movie we can go see on a Friday night with everybody else in the, in the city and, and really enjoy ourselves in a, in a different type of way. And I appreciate both those types of movies. Front row here in the center.
10: Hi, James. Hey, Melissa. Um, hey. Um. Coming off of something like Super and then coming to such a big budget, what has your experience been like with the budget on set?
2: That it's easier. (laughs) It's easier because with a movie like Super, like, there's a lot of people on set who I think I can do their job better than they can, and in a movie like, uh, like this... We worked really hard to find the best, whether it was the best actor, you know, for each of these roles, which we worked really hard at um, to get the best people for this movie. I mean, really hard. Uh, But not only that, but the best production designer or the best composer or the best, you know, costume designer. And so they all make my job a lot easier on this movie than it's been in movies past. We're right here, on the right. Hi. Uh, The question for the cast, uh, the Marvel Universe so far, Captain America, Thor, etc., have been huge, really well-known superheroes. Is it intimidating at all to step into these roles, you know, going into what people may not be as familiar with? Um, There's nothing intimidating about, you know, 200
7: people looking at you at a press conference. This is... This is easy. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not scared. Oh yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, doing being at Comic Con, a- answering questions about you know a comic book movie, it's like pff, super easy. No, I don't know. Anyone else?
10: It's exciting, of course. You're you're. You're nervous, and I, I wouldn't—I I would be cautious to use the word intimidate—intimidated in, because I don't want it to be, to be interpreted like I, I feel any less or any inferior. I feel very excited to to be joining the Marvel family of superheroes, and I do believe that guardians have uh, bigger powers in a way. <laughs> and uh, and if we were like up against like Captain America or Thor, would totally kick his ass. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes. Yes. She said, "Bring that. it." <laughs> <laughs> You're
2: all the way on the right in the back. Uh, I wanted to know if uh, Benicio del Toro is playing Khan in the movie. Uh-huh. No kidding. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, I, just for all the uh, for, for all the actors and and James as well. This being sort of an unknown quantity and a, and a unique. Um, sort of stand out in the Marvel universe, or in, in comic book movies adaptations in general. If you guys felt uh, sort of emboldened by that being uh, different, or you felt a greater sense of pressure because of it,
3: no. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <What's that>? mm. <laughs> <can't>. Come
7: again. <laughs> I think, you know, I don't, I'll, I'll just answer real quick. I think, like, I don't think that the reason that all the Marvel movies thus far have been received so well is because they were such famous uh, comic books. I think they were great stories, you know, and like, uh, you know, Iron Man is Iron Man now to people. Because of Iron Man the movie, you know, like, it was a comic and people, it was, certainly people knew it, but they, they love it and they go back to it because it's great storytelling and, and I think yeah. it's the same thing with this, like, this is a really cool story and, 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 um, you know, Marvel is, they know what they're doing and they know how to tell a story and they know how to make, uh, they know how to make this movie, so I, I don't, I really don't feel intimidated. Like, if you told me, Chris you have to go adapt Guardians of the Galaxy into a movie on your own, I'd be super intimidated. But when they're like, we're doing it and we'd love you to be part of it, it's like, wow, great, I'm along for the ride. In the center.
4: Hi, I'm not sure if
3: you work together in most of your scenes or if you're um, broken down into groups. But I was wondering, uh, what was some of the most challenging scenes for you? And also, were there any injuries? Did anybody get hurt?
10: Well, we still have eighty-five percent of the film to shoot. <laughs> we could. There's. I think there's going to be a great deal of of soreness and muscle cramping and um, and, and sweating. Uh, uh, but it's going to be it's going to be great. We've been all training for it. We've been rehearsing. Um, Uh, Endless conversations with our director as well, as well as talking to every department that's sort of building us together, from David Bautista to myself to Lee uh, and Jaiman and also Michael We and and Karen. We have an excruciatingly – it's so much makeup. We have so much makeup to do. Constantly, and the retouching every single second. So it, there's going to be a lot of work that we're putting into it. But I think it's we're just. I, I'm going to speak for myself, and I'm pretty sure that a lot of people here will 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 identify themselves with it. Is I'm just excited to be doing something different. And it's and it's this is sort of like the anti-hero hero movie. When you meet these characters, they're thieves, they're rebels, they're they're assassins, and and and. And they are going to be learning very big lessons, and, but but because it's a James Gunn sort of interpretation of Guardians, um, the levity will be very abundant, and that's what keeps it, I guess, uh, awesome. That from like my ten year old niece who just visited the set, and myself when we both walked into one of the sets that they had built, we both had the same expression, and we were both drooling. We were like, "Whoa!" <laughs> it was insane.
2: I, I would also add, and this may be considered a spoiler, um, but I have some really big injuries planned for Michael Rooker in the future. <laughs> and hopefully uh, Batista's going to help me with those.
3: <laughs> I, I, um, I, I relish the thought. <laughs>
7: All the way over here in the front on the right. Uh, thank you all for coming. Uh, first of all, for Dave Batista, you know, thanks for all your words about uh, setting your goals and giving it your all to achieve those goals. Those are real inspiring stuff. You're the man, Dave. And also, how strong is Drax, and Is he strong enough to beat up the Hulk and
8: Thor? <laughs> I, I would have to say yes on that. I mean, I'm a bit biased, but say yes, but. Uh
10: have you seen his hands? For the love of God, they're <laughs> like this big. He's like, if it's raining, I just tell Dave to put his hand on my hand. It will not get wet. Well. <laughs> oh no, answer, answer. I was, I was your...
8: No, I just and I appreciate you saying that because I, I re, that's kind of been my message throughout my career because I, you know, I really come from nothing. I, I'm, I'm a poor kid, came from the streets, and and uh, to me, what I've been able to achieve has really just been through hard work and really not letting anyone say, tell me that I couldn't do something. So this project alone is by far the biggest thing I've ever done in my life. And to be a part of it is just really a dream come true. And I, I always try to tell people, you know, encourage people, uh, whether I go and talk to kids or just tweet out stuff, and, you know, just you know, tell people to pursue their dreams. You know, just pursue your dreams.
0: Here in the center, in
2: the
3: hat.
9: Uh, questions for uh, Dave Bautista. Um, has your did your previous work with uh, WWE doing the live shows with Raw and everything? Does that help? Did it help prepare you for doing more film roles or?
8: No, and they, you know, people ask me that a lot, and because I always tell people it's very it's nerve wracking. Like going to auditions for me is like the worst thing in the world. It's just terrifying to me, and people don't they don't get it. They say, "Well, you, you've gone out and you performed in front of a hundred thousand people, you know," I, and it's just it's so much more intimate. You know, and it's just so much smaller and everybody's, there's just so much attention right there on you. It's just absolutely terrifying, you know. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry I even lost track of the question.
10: (laughs) He killed it and he's here. Yes, it's
8: new to me, but I I always go to work and I always, you know, I'm still a student at this and I'm not afraid to let people know, you know, this is new to me. I'm still learning and I will, I'm not afraid to go up to people and pick their brains and ask for advice. Because you know, to me, that's how you get better. That's so how I've gotten better at every, everything I've ever done, is don't be, don't be too proud to ask for help. You know? And I'm learning a lot like every day on this project, from the cast, from the cash, from, from a director, from the crew, uh, even from the producers. You know? Just learn and learn, and that's, that's what it's all about for me. And that's how, to me, that's how you stay young. You know? If you're pursuing something that you love and you, you're learning something new every day, I mean, that's, that's the key to youth. You know?
2: In the front row. Hey guys, right here. Uh, Mark Walters of BigFanboy.com. Thanks for coming out. One of the things I always loved about Guardians of the Galaxy was that the characters are so weird and wonderful and and different from, like, normal superheroes. And in an effort so that everybody gets to say something in this press conference, can you each tell us in just a few words, like, what is your favorite weird and wonderful aspect of your character?
11: Hmm. Michael? (laughs) Michael? (laughs) Michael? Michael, Honka. what do you want to know again?
2: <laughs> weird and wonderful aspect of your character.
3: Weird and wonderful. It's actually quite weird that I'm actually in this project. <laughs> <So I'm back. laughs> um, uh, Yandu is, is for me, for me. There's a lot of Yandu and a lot of me in Yandu. I, I, um, I, I, when I first read the script, I, I, I noticed right away there's some aspects uh, of Yondo's uh, existence within this uh, universe of ours in this in this film of ours that uh, is very very uh, uh, close to uh, to me like for example the the uh, the uh, the tough love uh, attitude that i have towards some of the other cast members um, <laughs> <laughs> They're extremely tough love, as a matter of fact. <laughs> so that, I, I'm very much like that in my in my life as well, you know. Um, and so, uh, and I don't in all a lot of the movies, not all the movies, but a lot of the movies I've done, I hardly ever do makeup, except on James Gunn movies. <laughs> You know, the one was a seven-hour makeup and slither. This one's eh, not so bad. Maybe two and a half hours. So I, I, that's for me. That's that's a, a very interesting aspect because I, I usually don't. Um, I get in. I look at the the mirror. I go, ah, "What do you think?" And the makeup girl, girl says, or a guy says, "Well, well, we could do this. We could do this." And and I go, ah. Ah. "And I walk away." You know, <laughs> and not to be uh you know, a mean or anything. It's just that I I prefer not to have I prefer when I get mad I get red. <laughs> when I get embarrassed I get red. When I get turned on, I get red. (laughs) And I want the audience to see that as well, you know, in the character. So if the character's getting mad getting uh, turned on, getting upset or something, you're going to see that in the facial tones in the skin tones, and that's what I enjoy about acting. It, It can be very subtle like that. And so with a lot of makeup on, you can't see a lot of that. So I prefer to have no makeup at all, but... Not in this one, sorry to say. i actually happy to say. I, I'm, I'm very excited to, to to be involved with it. Dave's got a whole lot more makeup than I do. Anyway, that's my, uh, yeah, not anyway. I don't know. Did I answer your question? Yeah. <laughs> oh,
11: oh. What was the question? What's the most weird and wonderful was, aspect yeah. of yeah. your personality? Each person Yeah. 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 Um, hi, I'm Jaime Anansu. I play Korath, who is a, uh, a um, humanoid, um, an ally to uh, Ronin. Uh, but I want, just want to begin saying, uh, by uh, highlighting this one little uh, story about my son I had a four-year-old son and who one day uh looked at me and said you know he loves all the uh, you know superheroes and uh, I mean from Spider-Man to Batman to uh, Iron Man I mean he's uh, he's got all the costumes and one day he looks at me and say uh, uh Baba I want to be light-skinned so I can be Spider-Man because Spider-Man is light-skinned so that's sort of like uh, that was a, a shocker to me so I, I think you know I'm extremely excited to be part of a uh, uh, Marvel Universe, so that you know, you know, hopefully can provide that you know sort of like a diverse uh, you know outlook of uh, superheroes or you know or bad guys in that in those stories. Uh, it, it's uh, it's important for us to be uh, you know to be part of that, and to, specifically for me. So that was uh, my in tickets to a Marvel World, and uh, I'm excited. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I play um, Ronan the Accuser. Uh, and
5: it's a character that's been around since 1967 when he first fought the Fantastic Four. And uh, so there's a lot uh, of uh, incredible story that I've gotten to um, uh, research. I mean, call com- reading comic books research, I guess I've been doing my job. Um, and, uh, and uh, you know, I start work this week filming the character, and uh, I'm just really excited to, you know, make a villain that is uh, complicated, and uh, that there's a core of him that is, um, you can find something that you can understand, you know, I don't know, he's pretty bad though, so, <laughs> pretty bad dude, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I mean, it's, uh, we're, it's early days, so I'm uh, uh, just putting first wall up, and we'll start there, you know,
3: so I played
8: Drax the Destroyer, who's also a pretty bad dude. Um, you know, uh, Drax—he's, he, you know, he's full of rage and he's full of honor. Um, he's very literal, but I think the funniest or the best thing about Drax is he's—he's very—he's hysterical without meaning to be hysterical. Yeah. But I think that's what I love the most about Drax. Yeah.
10: I play Gamora, and uh, the weirdest thing about Gamora is that she blushes. She turns green when she blushes. Um, She turns green when she's mad, (laughs) or when she's turned on. (laughs) She turns
11: red. Right on! I like that touche.
10: And I, 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 I. the, what was the, the, the weirdest what was the other word what's wonderful is that she has grown up in an environment that uh, has misrepresented how she truly truly feels I guess inside um, and she's going to I guess discover that hopefully
7: um, for Quill without blowing too much of his origin or anything like that um, there's like a petulance to him like he he hasn't he hasn't been really held accountable as an adult he's been able to be kind of free in space and do whatever he's wanted to do and uh, that's really kind of Fun because it means that he's like slept with all these super weird aliens.
3: <laughs> it sounds like, like you've favorite. had some really good parenting.
7: That's like my what's that?
3: You've had some uh, mighty fine parenting.
7: <laughs> that's that's yeah. That, that's my favorite weird uh, weird. Element of the—it's just very wonderful—and and then, and, and, but in, ter- in terms of, but in terms of, but but for the, the, my favorite moment I think I've had was was when I uh, when I first donned my full wardrobe in like the in the in the costume department. I put it on and it was just like. It was just like wow. I felt I wore it, and I thought that was pretty wonderful. Like I, you know, all of a sudden my walk changed a little bit, and I had a little extra, a little extra bob in, in, in my head while I was walking, and, and I felt that was pretty. That was pretty cool. So um, great wardrobe.
10: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I played Nebula. Um- Thank you so much (laughs) Um,
6: Weird She looks pretty weird Um, And one of the most Interesting things about the character For me is her very Strange and complex relationship To Gamora And that's
8: that's it
4: (laughs) That's (laughs) it
8: I, I I played the collector, um, and um, uh, well, he collects things like most of us. And I think it's pretty cool that he's got his own personal zoo. Um, I think that's pretty cool. Did you hear,
2: Did you guys hear his original? His original yeah. answer. <laughs> he said his favorite weird and wonderful. Thing. He goes, my hair. <laughs> we got this crazy hairdo in the movie. <laughs> all right. my, favorite, my favorite thing about Benicio, can I share a quote that you told me when our first meeting? And we were sitting down, we were talking, we were talking about something about the character, and this is the reason why I know you and I are going to be friends forever, is because we sat there and I asked you, you know, we were talking about something about collecting stuff and how you get excited when you get something new collecting, and then all of a sudden you look at me really seriously and you go, you know... I was the first kid in my neighborhood to have an alligator. And I always thought... And I'm like, that wasn't funny, like, you just saying that. It was my favorite, my favorite sentence, top ten favorite sentences ever. And it's true. it's true. And this is going to be our last question right here in
9: front. Hi, I'm Hanat Marafon from Singapore. My question is for James. Uh, as they spend in Marvel, Marvel Universe, uh, there is going to be any connection to the other Marvel movies or mention?
2: Well, we have Thanos. So, you know, uh, Thanos is the thing that connects us to the Marvel Universe at this point. And then in the future, we'll see what happens after this. But for right now, you know, we're, uh, we're connected to uh, the rest of the Marvel Universe because of three seconds at the end of The Avengers. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks, everybody.
1: And finally, what you've been waiting for, the Hasbro presentation talking about the toys that are going to be based on those movies and so much more, including comic-based figures and even the micro mugs. Here's the presentation. I apologize for the audio not being quite up to par. The room had quite a bit of an echo and the people sitting by the microphone rustled a bit. But I guarantee, especially if you're looking at the enhanced podcast with the slides from the presentation, there's a lot of information here you're going to want to hear.
6: Hi everyone, how are you doing? Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. So we're more than we did last year. My name is Adam Beal. I run the marketing side for Jasco on the mark on Marvel business. I've been doing this for a couple of years now, lucky enough to sit in front of you talking last year, and we are very excited to be back. On my right is my Yuka Mike Pregata, she also supports on the marketing side. She runs like uh of and business for us. I'm uh, far liking the Void Stahl, designer and who's been designing Marvel toys for now to since so 2006 when we got collecting them. So, very much a We're here to compliment strictly claims, the good, the bad, and the negative. And also, of course, our, our good friend Jesse Falcon from Marvel, who's a partner in crime, a team member, and a spirit friend to all of us. So, everyone, including him. Thank you. Thanks for stopping by the we You got some great questions, you've had great feedback, you've had great suggestions. We have a long list of characters to work on in the future. Uh, we want to give you a sneak peek as to some of the things that will be coming out the rest of the year, maybe a few things coming out next year, maybe some accidental things coming in the group as well. As well. Boy, so, let to get it started and start rolling through, so that we have a lot of time for questions at the end. So I know that's why a lot of you come. Awesome. Uh, first off, you know, uh, thanks for coming out, and uh, we brought you guys a couple of awesome speeches we think for this summer. We hope you guys enjoy them. Have had the opportunity to partake of uh, our Thunderbolts tower. So you know, you guys were asking uh,
0: multiples of you over the last
6: handful of years and the Thunderbolts. So. We've got an opportunity to bring an entire team in one box or one giant tower that doubles as a iron on the backdrop for every year's once you get them moment. And Deadpool Core. and our top of the drum. Uh, i got to say this is probably the most fun I've had in the world. In, in a short while on that, I had this like working on the project. It was an really absolute team collaboration to come up with this. We were sitting around a conference table and well, I, I, I said, I want to do Deadpool Core for next year. How we make it better. And every team member just kept making a better, more silly, more awesome, more ridiculous story that uh, that, that ended up with a cockroach in a cockroach tray
4: and a cockroach truck uh, with a champion. And I had to push it to Adam. And that was.
6: I said no three times. You got me in the (laughs) door. You guys have to give it up for this guy. And I think we're going to sell out the, the, the Deadpool War exclusives sooner, um, possibly possibly by the end of today, maybe early to tomorrow. And hopefully, we'll have enough Thunderbolt for everyone through tomorrow as well. So if you haven't gotten in yet, actually, then head out over Wolverine, we're getting uh, we're getting a little bit of an uh, X low out there uh, this year with our Wolverine line. this uh, so went through a little bit of uh, revisions as it went from a. Uh, Self items to an online item, but I think you should still be happy with the selections uh, you're really going to get. We're, we're trying to create plans for the ones that were originally meant to be something to do with them. i uh, looking really forward to the following season. So, you, you guys know everybody up there Cyclops, we're wearing Tabletooth, and uh, a, uh, a brown tooth, brown frost.
2: Quick puff. One puff. Wow. Okay. You guys seriously don't like Mark? No! Don't oh, yes! We're all
6: like those figures! Go roll! Okay, we'll get give that in a second, right? <laughs> <laughs> so why you think this like, I have a voice off. And then three four and scale. We have some uh, all-star figures with uh, Logan. A very, uh, pretty awesome looking armor for Solar Samurai. And he's been uh, leading some leeches. He was a little leeches. Okay, uh, the final week of assemblers has some more fantastic armors from the uh, end of the epic, uh, cinematic sequence that was Iron Man 3. So, we're, at long last, getting the Igor armor out there, uh, the artillery armor and the uh, treatment armor. And the cool thing about uh, if you get the e you put those little T-Ray, those little T-Arms on, and you can some really, really fun alternate uh, arms with this whole fantastic swapping of the, of the arms. We know it's not the you know, high articulation that you guys find in so many other lines, but we still think it's a really fun playing experience for our uh, children, consumers, and still, even if you're just a purist, there's some pretty beautiful arms to put on the shelves if you're, you know, you're into it. Uh, a red Snapper. Uh, Forty-two. Uh, is this one of the Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, Forty-two has a uh, his arc reactor his chest uh, illuminates. Um, new red snapper and other uh, armor from that final sequence, as well as just a uh, fictitious off-screen uh, bonus armor. And then for you, the fans. And you can get a super articulated Mark 42 armor, which is coming there, which helps complement the rest of the lines of armor, that we've got to be passed, similar to the Iron 291 and a nice Tony Stark as well in his warm out gear from the beginning of the film. Check out inside of the Super size armors, these are good too, so we have a. 16 approximately inch armor, uh the forty-two that we're doing in a couple different vector patterns. Uh, here is the fall armor and a off-screen color palette that actually has a little bit dark uh infused into some of the armor segments. And it's just you know, a giant awesome armor with a gap gun the lights and sounds and all that you know fun goes along with uh the toy side of the business as well. Micro mugs. Micro mugs of many, many years ago keep getting smaller and smaller and cuter. So from mighty to mini to micro for Iron Man 3. This is the uh, the 24 the years for Iron Man, and then we'll have some things of that coming in the future for, for other executions as well. Uh, She's the base Thor. Um, this is uh, our movie line uh, coming out soon. October first, fantastic! And this is probably our most articulated, most detailed movie line we've ever done. Yeah. While it's a small assortment of characters, we're very, very proud of uh, all those extra details that we're able to put into it, all the way across from uh, from the design of the figures to the actual final packaging execution too. Which is personally my favorite uh, three quarters line you have worked on yet. And there is one more coming. So you have to wait just a few more hours to find out
4: uh, what that might be. <coughs>
6: it's pretty cool. And actually, it is uh, my favorite from the, the week. I might have tomorrow morning to see it. And you can't have uh, the figures without some role play stuff for the kids to dress up and have some fun. In. Or you can clearly come and find a place where they dress up and fun as well. Right, one more? <laughs> exactly. So we got our, our home. Of the hammer and the legs, in crash sound effects. So, just wait for that. But, we you know you guys love Marvel Universe, and these are all the things you see in the movies. But, don't really need to move through the names, just showing you some nice big, pretty pictures of what's down there. Uh, the wave four, the final wave of Marvel the Universe for the year, uh, has a tweet on Baron Zemo uh, taking the Masters of Evil pack from last summer. Clothes to Dagger, Abomination to bomb um, that's built off of the uh, Ryan body, which is really, really amazing. And then the black and armor that was uh, all over the comics uh, last summer, I believe. <coughs> Because it was fun. And Cyclops for the X-Men. And then lastly, we have a asgardian Guardian theme pack coming out this fall uh, as a collector side to the Fantastic Movie and uh, a supplement to that with uh, the modern versions of Calvary and uh, the first ever
4: Executioner.
6: You know, what's going on with Marvel Universe, and we've uh, we've talked about that in the Marvel Universe is not going away. Um, I've talked to many of you just to say once in front of all of you, Marvel Universe is going to be moving over to uh, Avengers, and, and purely purely a merchandising decision on our part, of the marketing side. You know, one of the biggest challenges you've all thrown at us the last couple of years is. Why aren't you getting the waves out? Why aren't you getting all the waves out that we are talking about? A lot of it has to do with the way the retailers built the inventory over the first year. So um, one of the things the retailers do want is they want to lean into the, the all the big entertainment that's right? Right. So we've got two or three major motion pictures here. We've got now three pieces of animation um, that Marvel's going to be delivering. Um, it's an amazing, amazing amount of content. Um, so we're going to lean into that. We're gonna, as well as... Well last, it's a shield, right? So we've got a lot going on. We've got a lot of stories on screen today, five days about about Marvel characters. We're going to into that. We're going to make it easier for retailers to merchandise against the collectibles. Uh, we are still going to have the higher circulation and the high go, And White's going to still be allowed to bring out those characters who has asked for year after year. We're just going to be branded slightly differently. So in this case, for the three three quarter, it's going to be branded under Avengers. The packaging look is going to be different than we did stuff as well, so you know immediately when you get to shell that it's not the good stuff. So you'll see that it's three it's the focused, focus, uh, and we're still, still going to have as much fun as we did before. And be some, something similar, but a little different on Legends that we'll talk about in a few minutes as well. And, and, and just to add to that point, one of the other things, because I know you guys like details, and I mean like, and I don't mean like change. One of the reasons... That we're making this change to go away from the term Marvel Universe. When we first started uh, developing products with Hasbro, that was, a, that was a specific category that Marvel licensed. So you could license an animated show, you can license a movie, or you could license this brand we call Marvel Universe and have that red, red Marvel that said Universe on it, was, which what we had on all the packages. So. You know, what Marvel does, and what a lot of companies do when it comes down to licensing, is uh, they refresh their licenses all the time. And to have um, a staple brand like Marvel Universe it's run for since 2006 so it's about time to refresh it so it, it was a way for us all to kind of come together and refocus and, and freshen up uh, this line so we can continue to manufacture it for you guys but they can f- see fresh in the eyes of the retailers which is really very important uh, element in getting this product to you guys I think also it's important to know that he, one of the most important deliver a large year, is to make sure that we're new people into um, the franchise. Um, so the movies are doing a great job of bringing casual collectors into, the, into these segments, and we're seeing more pickup there. That's going to allow us to do more segments down the road and, and more skews. I guess um, uh, great characters. So yeah, what you see in front of you today is just a small section of our team. The uh, head team team, the marketing team, is actually much bigger than just four of us. And As we move forward into the next season, the uh, new uh, Avengers brand of this is going to transition to a new designer on our team. Uh, we lucky enough to bring a, a new member Bobby on board early in the year. Um, he's got some great past stories with other companies. And now he's from the Hasbro, and Bobby Vala is our new design beating the, the charge on this new 3 3 quarter inch uh, initiative. And just so you guys know, Bobby Fowler has tattoos on his elbows and knees of articulation. Uh, double articulation. Uh, uh, not not double of our so, so, uh,
5: so just let that sink in.
6: <laughs> so, here's a couple of them. The Grim Reaper, first action figure of four our lines. And uh, a new version of a Hyperion should come down, You guys are like, uh, most people are excited about the six inch, but you know, the minute we do one figure in six inch, the three inch fans are like, whoa, they get them. what about us? Well, we can have some too. Now, just just to clarify, Hyperion will have lower legs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that thing, right? We'll have feet, right? Actually, times are tight now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and we have total cost reductions, and we wanted to make a special setting for the customizers, okay. and it's a super part to me. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> the the uh, craft section with crayon markers and such is right next door, so you can color them all in and then them all. <laughs> Marvel Legends. So, like I said, we just did a couple there, but you know, there's been plenty more of that type of figure stuff. So, Marvel Legends, uh, this is the, the, the rounding up of the year. You see Johnny Case, uh, the Star Wars Five costume of last year, a uh, uh, classic version of uh, Black Panther. The Writer and Bulldozer, the, the, which finalizes the record for which I know you guys have been, you know, we were all very excited about, to actually creative a team and deliver the team. Modern Hawkeye, classic Hawkeye, two different versions of another great adventure. Two versions of my favorite ex-girl Jean. And then the bow figure for the mini record in his classic Guardian of the Galaxy look. So then the final wave of the Marvel Legends in its current form is uh, the Marvel Now Original 4. It's a really, really impressive, uh, massive sculpt, if you guys have seen it down in the case. Uh, Agent Venom with some new some strands uh, written out of his back. The, the strands are actually pretty cool. They're designed as such that they can hold all the extra uh, weaponry that he comes with, so he can have like up to six blasters sticking out over his back, as well as the ones you put in his hands for a really, you know, a big throw down. Whatever villainy he so chooses, and then uh, Masters of Evil swap with uh, Tiger Shark and a translucent radioactive man. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, some more, a uh, some, uh, some little bit more love, just to round out one more cast member of the Thunderbolts. We'll have Doctor Doom for Moonstone, and then Songbird, who once more uh, I don't think she's uh, she's ever had a big for this. There you go. Songbird and the Legal Legion, a couple of its members, Blizzard, and the most magnificent mustache in comics, Batrop Believer. With the puck being said, this is the final of the mini build figures. So if it's the final mini build figure, and we're still doing build figures, I guess that means things will be getting a little bit bigger for next year. So. For many, many years in Marvel Legends, but that gives us a new teenage-scale female body, which is something that we've never had. Which now opens the door to, you know, fantastic. Let your imaginations run, but you know, a new, a another tool in the chat as it were. So, sneak peeks. as Marvel Legends evolves, as everything must do when it dies, we are going to be infusing Marvel Legends going forward. Uh, for now, in our movie brand, similar to what you were saying earlier. Yeah, so for those of you who are paying attention to what's going on retail today, you saw this year we did an Iron Man 3 Legends assortment. Um, mm-hmm. The second year is retail out right mm-hmm. now. Um, those of you who are the big Legends fans, it has been hugely successful, um, it's been very strong. We actually started experimenting with this last year with a movie focused six inch scale for Walmart and so this program. It wasn't brand new Legends, it very similar. First I go, um, we're, taking, we're taking the lead of what we did 3 3 quarters and twisted the cycle. We wanted to maximize the increasing amount of SKUs we had on the show. So, going forward in 2014, all of our Legends assortments will be aligned with a major gaps for the property. They won't all be unique <coughs> with these characters, but we still be a great classic character as well. It's um, going to allow us to, you know, basically triple these two faces of Legends at retail um, next year. Uh, so, the, you know, so the, first, the first two that you're going to see are, are Captain America, you're also going to see Spider-Man, and be the another one, too, that we're not going to talk about today. So, that being said, let's talk about what you do now. Yeah, I'm in the case, uh, a gentleman asked me yesterday who was uh, concerned. That on the Iron Man 3 League of Legends, which is out now, most of our new tooling was going to the movie characters, which is obviously true, because you don't have those things to look at before, and they need to make all new to match the fantastic costumes that are being developed by the Marvel Studios side of the business. But in front of me, we see a 100% new Marvel Captain America Marvel Land. So we are still working really hard to find the opportunity to put 100% new classic or other characters out there as well. It won't just be going forward. 100% new movie characters and then ahead new belts or something just to read with the big classic. So, we're going to try to find a nice balance of getting some great new sculptures out there for you that way. So, you've got Captain America, uh, modern version of Baron Zemo. You guys like that one? Yeah. And while I stop there, let's show you something else coming. Yeah. skull, aim soldier. Yes. As of last year's philosophy, this would have been a swap. This would have had wave one 1,000 and wave 1.5 in know there was a lot of issues with getting this very So we worked very hard with our engineering counterparts and we came up with a new scheme because that was you know, the scheme. We find ways to uh, manipulate uh, bend and if necessary break every rule we possibly can to get the right things out to you as easily for us and for you to find it as possible. So, what we're we'll going to be doing as a approximate approximation of what we're looking to do next year we have a master partner, right? So, you guys can order it out in online uh, retailers and such, and it has approximately eight figures inside it. So, we're looking to do things like inside that box of eight, just, I'm just making this up to follow my logic. You'll get two movie caps. You'll get two uh winter soldier action figures. And then in the other four slots, instead of doing one and one, you'll get red skull, a soldier. Something I'm not talking about. And something I'm not talking about. So you'll get all everything right out the door in the first box. That way we can we can ensure that the variants get out and the big one in the first wave. And you have not wait for it and not worried about
8: the entire
6: out. Um, just, and they'll still be in chase because those will be hard to find. Yeah, it'll yeah, be old it'll be old school being you know, at that store when it opens because you know once that box opened, it's in there. You don't ever have to worry about it it's out. Now it's up to you guys undamicate. It's a lot like, a, like, a, like what Toy Bus did with the giant wave and wave that was wall you got there he, he, everything you want in that first case. Does that make you happy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, to show you and said no, so... Sorry guys! <laughs> but, but the good thing is, the, the monstrous Marvel extravaganza at the end of an hour or so will reveal all sorts of magic. <laughs> and when that's over, come Sunday morning, Jesse is not behind again. And we'll put this in the case. It's not up to me, guys. Sorry. It's just stuff. I'm trying to deflect when necessary. <laughs> You'll see some really cool stuff on Sunday. So, Captain America is just one part proposal, right? Would you see something from Spider Man? <laughs> 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 you guys have been passing for many, many, many years for Where's the Kirby? Why did you think the females look so sad and beat them? So, uh, so we fell, and we'll take them to the stone body, which uh, most of you guys are very pleased with, and we're very pleased with that. And then, I said we get bigger, right? You guys are tired of mini build figures? Would you like to see the big build figures? Yeah! yeah. Does that, Does that work? Yeah! Awesome. So, Ultimate supreme Goblin gets his first action figure uh, with all this fiery glory, uh, and it's you know, one of the most massive ones we've come in, in a while. And, and while I will never say that the day of the 16 to 20 inch monstrosities in is over, uh, for next year we're planning to go back to... Um, what we were doing when we relaunched uh, a year or so ago with that 9-8-inch scale of the Terraxes and the Iron Maulkner. So I only showed you one a figure for this weekend, and that's the Spider-Man one. But the rest is sure that what we'll be for Captain America as well as what we see in we get on the same size. I think I think it would be okay to hint that with Captain America, yes. uh, the a figure is already over. Aww.
11: Uh, no. You
6: don't have to argue, Bill. I'm just saying like army. Army. Yeah. I think you'd like it, though. And... Yes. So those were your money. And is that everything? Or do you guys want to see anything else? Yeah. Do you want to see it? Yeah. Do, yeah. do, yeah. do, yeah. do you guys want to go to Q&A? <laughs> Alright, we need one more. So somewhere out there in outer space is a Star And he'll be coming to Six Inch uh, next year. And that's sorry, sadly, as much as we can love the more because we're beyond ecstatic for uh, for guardians, that's all you get for uh, for this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Well not necessarily go to Hall Edge tonight. That's all the toy love you get this and there's a whole lot more uh, yeah like that. mm-hmm. That's it. So that's all that, that's the um that's the preview of the toys we have, of course we have a lot of new characters showing up in booth tomorrow after after tonight's event is is done and underway and
1: Now, I talked to some of the gentlemen at the Hasbro booth in addition to the on-mic Q&A you heard last week, and I asked some questions that I felt were B-level questions. I didn't want to spend our 10 minutes with the brand team On these, But I certainly had some questions about it. And first of all, what I was told is that even though the upcoming three and three quarter inch line is Avengers Assemble, they're going to find a way to get other characters into the line. They said it's a comic book based Avengers line, even though it's named for the TV series. And so anyone who's ever been an Avenger or been in an Avenger book is very easily accessible for that and they will find ways to bring other Marvel figures in as well. They said there's a chance for some carry-forward figures, so figures that were in Marvel Universe because they match the style, the deco, and the articulation that they're doing in Avengers Assemble, that we may see some repacks or repaints of figures. Now, I did ask, what about Vision? I know that... So many of our listeners are seeking out that Vision figure that's so hard to find, so expensive, and one of the things Marvel Universe has done very well is have these carry-forward figures, these case assortments of older figures, getting them back out there. So I did ask about Vision, as he is a very popular and notable Avenger, and... I was told that they are aware that there is a demand out there for Vision, there's no plans at this time, but it's something that they're keeping in mind. So if you're anxious to have a Vision figure, I take that as there's nothing in the near future and you might as well head to eBay, but if you are willing to play an exceptionally long game of years, well, we might see Vision again. That said, who knows if it will be a repack of the old Vision or totally new, more articulated sculpt. I also asked about the lost variant figures. Where's Blade? Where is Blade? We're getting this Red Skull Punisher. Where's Blade? Where's the rest of the wrecking crew? And what we were told is that they just couldn't find a distribution channel for it. They didn't have the orders they thought at the stores. They never got a chance to ship those case assortments. So they are looking for a partner who would take those figures and be able to release them at some point. But there are no current plans to release those figures. So there's nothing in the works to get the other wrecking crew, nothing in the works to get Blade, nothing in the works to get the other She-Hulk out there. That's really disappointing, but that's the case. And finally, I asked about micro mugs because damn it, I have spent so much on packages not knowing if it was series one or two. And in their case at Comic-Con, they said wave two, shipping August. And I was a little ticked by this, because they never really made it clear at Toy Fair or any time after that there wasn't all 24 in that first wave. So I talked to the gentleman there who was very receptive. I asked if there was going to be... Any marking noting that this was a Wave 2 case, if there was going to be a different packaging of the micro mugs for Iron Man 3? And the answer was no. He said that goes against the blind boxed purpose. But then I explained to him that I and many of our listeners have had the same frustration not knowing that they were waved because the boxes have all 24 on them. It's simply disingenuous to say there's 24 figures when you're only shipping 12. And... Hasbro's kind of new to the blind box game. They've been doing the fighter pods for a little while, but blind boxed micro mugs was new, and I pointed out to them, there's a lot of blind packaged people out there, grab zags and noggins and all those things, and none of them claim to have figures on a box or on the package that you could not possibly be getting at this time. And if they're going to be doing waves in the future, they need to consider that, and not have us buying all these extra figures that there's zero chance of finding additional ones and he said he was good feedback and he was going to take that back to the team and something they would keep in mind going forward is that a platitude or is that truth I find that the Hasbro guys are more truthful than not, so I imagine that that is feedback that'll be taken back, and we can just cross our fingers and hope that if they blind package anything for Thor or Cap or Guardians, that they don't do that to us again. So that is it for Marvelicious Toys this week. Next week, Justin will be back in the studio. Marjorie and I are taking a week off, but Justin and be here with Jerry and Jeff. A lot of J sounds there. And they're going to be looking back and reflecting on the Comic-Con reveals outside of the chaos of the con and discussing some other stuff. So all that and more on the next Marvelicious Toys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Marvelicious Toys.
0: If you enjoyed this podcast, please help our show by leaving a positive review for the show on iTunes. There's even more Marvelicious content at our website, MarveliciousToys.com. At the site, you can see pictures of the products we discussed, find checklists for Marvel Toys, talk and trade with the Marvelicious Forums, and much more. It's all at MarveliciousToys.com. We want to hear your thoughts on Marvel collectibles. You can leave reports of your latest toy finds as well as product reviews on our voicemail at 803-MARVEL-4 or email an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at MarveliciousToys.com. Marvelicious Toys is produced and edited by Arnie Carvalho. Marvelicious website design by Jason. Graphic design by Justin. Website photo editing by Jen and Jeff. Podcast enhancement by Andrew, Shane, Daryl, and Barrett. Announcements by Brock. The Marvelicious theme song, Bam Pow Kablam, is composed by Joe Harrison. See more of Joe's work at www.starwarsfanworks.com slash lion's mouth. If you also like Star Wars, Star Wars Collecting is covered weekly at our other podcast, Star Wars Action News, which you can find at swactionnews.com. Marvel Comics and all that the Marvel Multiverse contains are the intellectual property of Marvel Entertainment Incorporated, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company, and no infringement is intended. Marvelicious Toys is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2013, all rights reserved. And no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. No, you cannot. I, I have no control, control over it. Samuel L.
8: Jackson. Yeah. That
3: made my exactly. day. day. Sure. Yeah,
8: yeah, I do. Oh, yeah. no.
4: Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you did? Okay, great. Good. Yeah, I just spoke to him like uh, no. Yeah, I got to him like every few months. A great Comic Con. Yeah. Thank you so much. Bro. I appreciate it.